May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from our first reading from Paul's letter to Timothy. Let's pray. O oh God, bless us as we look to your word and strengthen us to pray that we may pray for all people, for all leaders. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our maker and our redeemer. Amen. St. Paul writes, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for King and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. That's our text. In, in the struggle against apartheid in South Africa, Archbishop uh, Desmond Tutu was, was one of those leaders who called for peace and reconciliation. While those who were opposed to apartheid wanted to strike back in violence against, uh, uh, because of all the violence dished out to them uh, by the government, he was the one who called for peaceful means of protest. In 1984, he was on his way to Oslo to receive the Nobel Peace Prize, and he stopped off at a university for a special lunchtime meeting. Needless to say, the, the building was, was absolutely packed. It was standing room only, and, and it was during a time where there was this particular anxiety in South Africa that the release of Nelson Mandela seemed almost impossible. And the South African government at the time was pretty brutal. And on this day, the church was full of, of young activists eager to do something about the situation right then and right there. And so the archbishop rose to speak after months of or minutes of cheering uh, from the crowd. And in his voice, uh, musical, lilting voice, he said, I'm going to tell you what you most need to hear, the single most thing you can do for South Africa. It was quiet. The whole building fell silent as the crowd waited, ready to hear what he had to say. And he said softly, pray. Pray for my people. Pray for us and with us daily. Pray. That's what you can do. That's what can change the world. And indeed, things did change in South Africa. A skeptic would say it was part of the political process. But Christians uh, say that's more the answer to millions of prayers that were spoken by people asking God to soften the hearts uh, and cause uh, peace to come out to a troubled nation. You know, you really can't underestimate the power of intercessory prayer. That is prayer that brings the needs of others right before the throne of God. You know, parents especially know the importance of intercessory prayer, don't you? They pray for their children as they are growing up and, and are faced with all kinds of temptations, dangers, and difficult decisions. We studied uh, the challenge of prayer in the fall, and, and many were strengthened in their prayer life. You know, prayer doesn't really cost anything except a few minutes of your time. Setting aside that time during the day to bring a prayer to God, asking to uh, keep your child safe and strong in the face of temptation or whatever it is that's challenging your child at that very moment. However, there's a lot more to pray for, isn't there? It's so important to pray for others. Why do we want to pray for others? Well, Satan and all the evil in the world are eager to harm those whom God loves. 
Satan wants to lead them away from their heavenly father. And, and an important part of our prayer life uh, is to pray for others because we read about and see evil at work each and every day, don't we? We read about or we watch the killing of innocent people in bombings or in shootings or, or murder in the streets. We watched over the summer as anarchists burned down cities and, and businesses and homes, destroying life for, for many people who lived in those communities. We hear of children who are, who are treated badly and abused by the very people that they look to for protection, the, the, their parents, their other family members or leaders. We saw some law enforcement personnel do some evil things. But then we also saw people denounce everyone in law enforcement as evil. We hear of terrible things that people in positions of authority inflict on the innocent and helpless simply because they can, with no checks or balances. Individuals, families, small businesses, communities, we all seem to be under attack. When they're victims, we want to pray for them, don't we? That's what God wants us to do. They need God's help. But how often, how often do we pray for the perpetrators of those deeds? Do they really deserve our prayers? Do they really deserve help from God? Today we hear from Paul's first letter to Timothy. He starts off by saying, first of all, then I urge the petitions prayers, requests, and thanksgiving be offered uh, to God for all people. Hear what he said? He wants us to pray for all people, for everyone. He doesn't say that certain people deserve our prayers more than others. He simply says, pray for all people. I mean, that sounds good, but it's really not easy to carry out, is it? It might be better to say that we offer petitions, prayers, requests, and thanksgiving for nearly all people. I mean, it's pretty hard to pray for all people. We might be happy to pray for most people, but there are those people for whom we find it extremely hard to pray. For example, how many people have prayed for those that are committing terrorist acts, terrorists? How many people have prayed for the families of terrorists? Maybe those children that are growing up in those homes being raised with such bitterness and hatred and loathing for everything Western or even everything Christian. One would suppose that Paul's encouragement to pray for everyone includes those people as well. What about those who do wrong? How easy is it to pray for them? I mean, we're not asking that God would strike them down with fire and brimstone, but that God would intervene in their lives, that God would help them to see that God's ways to solve an issue is not with violence and harm, but rather God wants his spirit to work in their lives, that they might live according to his ways. I mean, how easy is it for you to pray for the people that you don't like? What about that ex, you know, the one that caused you so much grief when they left you? Have you prayed for the one that hurt you so much? What about the boss that's so difficult to work with? What about the employer who fired you or the family member who's so selfish and self-centered? What about the person with whom you've had a falling out, the person that you absolutely loathe or the person that has hurt you deeply? 
I'm sure Paul included those people when he says that we should pray for all people. It's easy to pray for the people that you like. Parents, sons and daughters, friends and fellow Christians. But extremely difficult to pray for all people. And then Paul makes his advice to Timothy really hard to carry out. He says we are to pray for kings and all others in authority. So we are to pray for the state trooper who patrols the highways, for the local police officer and firefighter, for the soldier that defends our country, for the local court judge as well as the justices who sit on the Supreme Court, for the leaders of the communities of Kankakee, Bradley, and Bourbon A. We are to pray for mayors and aldermen and council members, whether you like them or not. For our state and national representatives and senators, whether you like them or not. For the governor of our state and all governors, whether you like them or not. And for the president of the United States, whether you like them or not. We might be happy to pray for most people, but there are those people for whom we find it extremely difficult to pray, especially when we enter the political realm, right? Yep, I'm going to go there today. <laughs> How easy is it to pray for those religious leaders and political leaders? There are many leaders in our world today who, who speak out with such bitterness and hatred and loathing of, of everything that's Western or everything that's American. A lot of times everything that's Christian. Sometimes we've seen leaders want to criminalize a different point of view. I would suppose Paul's encouragement to pray for everyone includes those people too. Social media has allowed us to so easily and quickly demonize and badmouth those with whom we disagree. <laughs> now, let me stop your rebuttal right there, because I've seen the Facebook posts and the Twitter posts on both sides of the political aisle. So many times people start making outrageous and false statements and claims. And what happens? We so quickly click share. And we spread the hate and the vitriol. Do we pray for them as often as we complain about them? We need to pray for our leaders, whether we like them or not. This includes people with whom we disagree. Those people whose particular kind of politics we dislike. The people who are dishonest and abuse their position. It's true, we really don't feel like praying for our politicians, except maybe sometimes for God to strike them down. And yet Paul's calling for you and for me to pray for those in authority, not just whose policies we like, but for all those who rule in our nation. It would almost seem as if Paul's being a little bit unrealistic. But we need to remember, Paul lived and served the Lord under persecution by the government. He spent time under house arrest in Rome. He had committed no crime except to boldly pro proclaim the Christian message. One of his missionary journeys, Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown into jail cell for preaching the gospel. Paul may have been writing these words during the reign of the Roman Emperor Nero, and it was under Nero's reign that Christians were persecuted and martyred and 
Paul would later die. But it was God's will that believers pray for those in authority. Now, Paul's words are significant for us today because they remind us, at least indirectly, that we believers, we're citizens of two kingdoms. <laughs> we're citizens of the, the, the United States of America, and we're also citizens of the kingdom of God. Uh, Martin Luther, the, the reformer, uh, called these the two kingdoms, right? The kingdom of the left hand and the kingdom of the right hand. The, the kingdom of the left hand is the earthly government that God establishes to protect and over us and watch over us. We're thankful, aren't we, for those police officers that patrol our streets and keep them uh, safe, for the firemen that protect us and when our houses start on fire, and maybe even the much maligned politicians whom we've elected to run our country or community. The kingdom of the left hand, or the right hand, excuse me, is, is God's holy Christian church. It's made up of people who build their lives on Jesus Christ and his atoning sacrifice for their sins. This kingdom comes or grows when God's word comes out into the lives of people and bring them to saving faith in Jesus. The Lord's Prayer, we pray, thy kingdom come. We want the Lord to expand his kingdom throughout the world. We pray that the governments are not hostile to the word of God and to the citizens of God's kingdom. But we need to be careful not to confuse the two. First and foremost, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. This kingdom is made up of all believers, uh, a kingdom that's going to last forever. His purpose is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus that all people may be saved for eternity. But there is the other kingdom that God, over which God rules, the kingdom of the left hand, referring to the government. And the purpose of civil government is quite different. The civil government is God's servant to keep law and order among people of this earth, to punish those who do wrong. Uh, that too is from God. And uh, Paul writes in his letter to the Romans, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. And so as Christians, until we die or until Christ returns, we are, we are citizens of each of these two kingdoms. Two kingdoms. And yet only one king. Paul tells us to use the wonderful privilege that God has given to his church, and that's prayer. Just as we are to pray for the leaders of the church, we are also to pray for those who are leaders in the earthly government, the earthly kingdom. Because really, there are no perfect leaders, are they? There were no perfect kings in the Old Testament, even the ones that God liked. They had their flaws. And there are no perfect leaders now. There never will be on this side of heaven. Paul says he wants us to pray for all people, to pray for everyone. You know, it would have been much easier if Paul said that we should pray for those in authority, those we believe uh, to be doing the right thing, you know. He said, instead, he says, petitions, prayers, requests, and thanksgivings be offered to God for all people, for kings, and all others who are in authority. Paul says our leaders need our prayers. They need the help and the support of Almighty God as they strive to do what is right and preserve peace and safety and freedom of everyone in our community, in our nation. Even if the leader is a tyrant, Paul is urging us to pray for him, just as, he, uh, just as they probably prayed for the emperor of Rome. Prayers are needed for uh, such a person because 
they can provide a safe and peaceful country rather than stir up trouble and create division. There's great temptations for people who serve in public office. We need to pray that they think less of themselves and more for the care of the nation, the care for its citizens and the freedoms that we enjoy. Regardless of whether we think they deserve it or not, our leaders need our prayers. They need God's wisdom and God's power to guide them in the difficult tasks they face. Then Paul tells Timothy to pray for others in authority, and, and that includes really leaders of the church and of this congregation. And so for us, that would include our synodical and district presidents, our, our uh, congregational executive director, our board directors, our, our council committees and officers. Many of our leaders in those positions <laughs> compete uh, for time with their work and their family life. They sacrifice a lot. But it also includes those called to serve, pastors, principals, and teachers. Pray that God give wisdom and strength to all of our church leaders as they carry out the very difficult task of, of leading the church in a secular society. Facing leaders that see the life of faith as something that's a private thing that should not have any voice in public. Because what if? What if we didn't have the freedom from civil authorities to gather and worship as God asks? What if you were to come to church and, uh, and find the doors chained shut? What if Pastor Handel or myself were brought before a judge or government panel, government panel and we were told what we could and could not preach? Some countries, they do that. What if your pastors were jailed for preaching God's word? What if we were told we couldn't buy property or collect offerings to do the Lord's work because we believed in something that they didn't like? I think you get the picture. We need to pray for our leaders. Paul's urging us to pray. Pray, pray for the leaders, whether we like them as persons or their policies or the actions is beside the point. And if they're doing a good job in your estimation, pray for God's continued blessing and guidance. If they're doing a lousy job, maybe pray that God would give them wisdom and understanding and compassion as they lead. If they're really doing something that's going against God's word, pray that God would open up their hearts and minds to him. Perhaps he can give you the courage, strength to boldly share that truth. But scripture does tell us that there are times where we need to take a stand, that we must obey God rather than the government and those in authority. There are times when we as citizens can rightly protest and rally and promote what we think is right. There are times when we reject the government and what, and what, and so what society uh, says is okay. But that does not mean we should not pray for them. All right, pastor, I get it. We're to pray for our leaders. But what do we pray for other than maybe God slapping them aside the head and getting their attention? Well, first of all, Paul says that we need to pray that we might live peaceful and quiet lives. Then he suggests that we live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Then he notes one more thing. We pray that uh, it's good that when believers live godly lives because it pleases God, because God wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. God wants more believers. 
We're to pray that we're always free to carry on this mission work, the work by which souls are saved. That means proclaiming in our land the truth about Jesus Christ, our Savior. Pray that we're always free to train future teachers and pastors and missionaries who can work in new mission fields, even in the United States and around the world. Pray that you as individual citizens never face a, a lawsuit or legal action just for simply telling someone else about the joy of your Savior. Pray that Christians never be scared or, or forced into shutting up about what they believe. Pray that we may always be able to gather freely in worship and to share our faith in our Savior Jesus. So how can we pray for all of our leaders? Well, of all those ones that I listed before, maybe just for all leaders in church and in government, let's pray that God will work on their hearts to know him and his love for them in Jesus that God would protect them and provide guidance and wisdom for them as they carry out their duties. For our, our local, state, and, and national government leaders, let's also pray that God would give them the strength to fulfill their oath of office, namely that they would support and defend the Constitution of the United States from all enemies, foreign and domestic, that they not restrict or deny our right to share the joy of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our communities. For those who fight for our country, let's pray for God's protection to be with them, that God would bless their families in their time of separation, that, that God would strengthen them and inspire them and draw them closer to himself in faith. For those who serve in our communities, our, our police officers, our firefighters, our medical personnel, let's pray that God would watch over them, keep them in safety as they serve and care for others, in many situations where many of us would be running away, they're running toward it. May God give them strength and a caring heart to serve others in a time of crisis. For those who serve as judges, let's pray that God would give them the strength to preserve liberty, to follow and uphold the rule of law and not the whims of politics or society. And for those who serve in the church, well, Let's pray that our called leaders, our elected leaders, our volunteers, and other servants of the church have the strength and heart to serve the Lord. That God would give them, that God would give us, the strength to be firm in the face of opposition, compassionate in the face of need, resolute in the face of rejection and boldness when the world seeks to reject Jesus and his word. Being a leader is difficult under normal circumstances. Being a leader in the church at this time, it's not an easy thing. The Bible, we read the prayer, the righteous person is powerful and effective. And today Paul tells us, pray for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we can live quiet and peaceful lives. Pray for God's peace to be in the world and for him uh, to begin that in our lives. I mean, you are citizens of God's kingdom, but you're also a citizen of the United States. It's my prayer that you powerfully serve in both kingdoms. I pray that God increases in you that desire to be that good citizen, 
Maybe it'll rekindle in you a desire to volunteer or serve in the church here or in our community or in our country in some way. More importantly, I pray it increases your desire to go to the Word of God that renews your appreciation for God's mercy and every blessing that it brings to you. May we pray. Pray for our world. Pray for our nation. Pray for our community. Pray for our fellow citizens. And especially let us pray for our leaders everywhere, whether we like them or not. Let us always pray for them as we live for Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.